0: Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Paola Diana and this is Unleashed, the Game Changers. Today we're going to talk about female genital mutilation. That is a horrible practice, a torture that affects still nowadays millions of women around the world. And we're going to talk about that with a survivor and a great activist, Hibo Vardere. Thank you, Hibo, for being here with us today. Thank
1: you very much for having me.
0: I know you're very busy, but I know that you love to inform people about Mm -hmm. this horrific practice because still nowadays it's not very well known, right?
1: It's very hidden. Even I would say the last seven to eight years, it has become a bit more out in the open, but it still is hidden. And since COVID it's even actually gone more hidden because COVID, as we know, has actually increased violence against women all over the globe, yes. even here in the UK, it has, and it's a very, 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 tro- you know, horrific practice that's only exclusive to certain communities, and it's, uh, it's about them, it's their, their identity, is about many things, it forms yeah. so many things for them, there's a lot attached to them, for them, so for them, it's always kept, it's a very, very dirty kept secret, it really is, among the community.
0: And it's true that uh, some people of your own community, mm-hmm. they're against you because you're speaking up. About yes,
1: that. because I am somebody who's very vocal. Um, I use myself, my trauma on, you know, creating a change, educating massively around the world here in UK, everywhere I go. And they don't like that because I'm removing the taboo, I'm removing the secrecy, I'm bringing it out into the open. And they don't like that because this is part of their culture. Their in their the history, its identity, they don't see anything wrong with that, it. and it's 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 that. So I am fighting against the tide sometimes.
0: Well done, yeah wrote. You're yeah. very brave. Very
1: <laughs> I brave. wouldn't say I'm brave. I would say I'm a woman determined in every single way you can think of to see this nightmare end because. I am acquainted with this nightmare i know what this nightmare is i know how much it disturbs me i know how much it disturbs me before i live with it it's part of your life this nightmare is part of your life you die with it basically you will go six feet under with it so something that is that much intertwined in your life what do you do do you you know feel sad about it all the time live life like that or do you go and do something with it for me this is a decision that i made i'm going to use that evil and just you know create something you know amazing and help the young girls you know go seek help or go seek help in getting attention medical attention that you need
0: well done yeah you're an angel hebo I can imagine how hard it is for you to do what you're doing, but also it's rewarding, right? Because you have a lot of girls, I think, that are coming to you and you're helping them, right? So it's your purpose in life. My
1: work is absolutely, absolutely Mm utterly rewarding. And one of the best things that makes my day is when I get survivors, uh, you know, uh, seeking help. At the moment, I'm supporting two survivors. 128, one slightly older. Both of them are getting the infibulation, and that means being opened up, genitals being opened up, because when they had type three, which is called infibulation, which means it's a total removal of the clitoris and labia, and then stitched up, leaving how with very tiny hole, where the urine comes out as a droplets. That means everything is stitched up. That means she doesn't have a clitoris. The urethra is there, but it's sealed up. So every time she urinates, it comes under that skin and comes through the vagina hole. Mm -hmm. So they end up having so many infections. So these women are seeking help now. And they came to me and thank God that they did that. So one of them I've already put in touch with a doctor. So she's going to be getting help next week. And another one lives in Manchester I'm supporting her through the phone so it's amazing to see that I get girls who are getting married say where do I go for help I'm getting married um, I'm sealed up I need to be opened up where do I go for help it's absolutely utterly rewarding when I see of that course. and it makes me you know, filled with more emotions and more happiness and makes me feel I'm gonna go on and on it's the fuel for me
0: sure yeah That's what makes you unstoppable. Yes,
1: it does. It does. It's a power
0: itself. What about infibulation? Is it reversible in some way with a surgery? Or it would be like this, like an ongoing perpetual uh, torture.
1: Let me explain, first of all, the types of FGM. Under yeah. the WHO, World Health Organization, there's many mm-hmm. types listed, but the most uh, practiced types are four of them, up to five. The first one is called uh, clitorectomy, yeah. is either total or partial remove of the clitoris, and the type 2 is called excision, again, is either total or partial remove of clitoris, plus some of the labia minora is removed, that means parts of vagina lips is removed. Type 3 is called the infibulation it's a total utterly removal of the clitoris and labias and then stitch you up and leaving you with tiny hole like a tip of a matchstick and type 4 is to do with all non-medical procedures like piercing, pricking, burning all those things and elonging of labias all those things are type 4 and type 5 are many other things but those are the types that most communities practice around the world. Now there will be no proper reconstruction but there will be something called a de which means they can literally open that skin up and tuck the edges and expose your urethra and expose where your clitoris is supposed to be and that means you can urinate and you can you know menstruate without difficulties and then there's there where you're going to become maybe you get married or you you have a partner and you become a pregnant and your conundrum starts because you're starting to think sex was difficult. How am I going to have a baby? How is this baby going to come out? And we all know that labias help you deliver. Even the women with labia sometimes need help to deliver. Now imagine somebody who doesn't have any labia and they only have what you call a scarring, which tears horrifically if you're not in a Western country where you can be helped to deliver safely. Now, maternal death rate associated with fgm around the globe is staggering it's oh, staggering, staggering women dying but in uk you are helped you are delivered safely it's amazing what the nhs do in terms of uh long-term implications you do have a uh, uh, what you call a urinary infection and then you have your emotional baggage you have your psychological issues then you have your physical issues as well it's just it just keeps on giving it keeps on giving a procedure that took you know when you were a child you still have uh, implications for the rest of your life it's an ongoing torture it is it is and the flashbacks and all those things is part of life yeah
0: do you think our legislator is doing enough to prevent and tackle this problem in the united kingdom i
1: think united kingdom i'm so proud of extremely proud of i think uh, david cameron when he was president he listened he changed the laws amazing laws were created some of them were as as as, as not as far as, The last laws we had was 2016, which they created anonymity for life, protection orders, mandatory reporting and recording, which is working wonders. UK has done amazing and I'm very proud of them. I just want them to go one last leg, which is make it part of education in primary school. It's fundamental. Yes. Yeah, it's it fundamental. Absolutely education. is. Yeah. Education is important. What the politicians don't understand is how education can be a tool changer for life. If we look at history, if you look at the history of China, food binding, they ended it within a century. Why? Mass education. Education and the law went hand in hand and it was stopped. And for me I believe in that. I believe in that, and in primary school, we're teaching kids so many things for them to have a body confidence, to have a, you know informed, you know a, a, a curiosity for them to know this is your body. Why are we not doing that in primary school for for FGM? Why are we segregating FGM exactly. away from the rest of the child abuses? That is one thing that I never understand. Exactly. Yeah. It's these not are logical. British kids. These are British kids born and bred here they are British they deserve to be protected like any other girls
0: of course yeah. because you know we prefer to prevent this thing to happen instead of finding you know later on the, Yeah, yeah, later yeah. On. and that costs money if you look at it the girl who's been cut will need a lot of
1: help and that is what NHS of will course. have to pay for so many stuff. So why are we not spending on preventing and protecting rather than waiting for later on and then creating other services where it's gonna cost a lot already, NHS already buckling down with many things, you know, to help with people. Why are we not being smart? Why are we not
0: putting these kids first? No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and apart from the cost, yeah. even only one woman cut. is yeah. a matter of women's rights. It it's is. a matter of it human is, rights. It is. It we is. don't want that to
1: happen. Exactly. It's but horrific. for politicians, it's about cost. That's why I talk about it's about mm. cost. It's about how much is the service cost. You don't see sometimes the, humani- the human is not seen. They become numbers prevent the numbers prevent the numbers by being brave by letting this it's not even an issue of a brave it's an issue of a human right give this child you know right tools to know what is wrong what is right what he should what they should she should say no to and even have a courage to talk and you know express how they're feeling and that is a it's a common disease thing to think and it's the most, you know, a uh, costless uh, life saving
0: ever it oh, is. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you told me that uh, usually the main age is when they're in primary school, when yeah. this happens. From so zero,
1: from birth, yeah. from birth to under the age of 10 is when the girls are cut most likely.
0: So From zero? From like newborn, There
1: or? are uh, communities in the south of uh, Nigeria that cut seven days when the girls are old, seven days. It's it is horrific, here in UK when I went for to do an interview for uh, Channel 5 and I went to the uh, University Sex Hospital where there's the only FGM pediatrician clinic there run by two amazing doctors and I said who was the youngest patient you've ever seen, three month old baby, yeah. Yeah, so it Beautiful. is it is it is a nightmare that we need yeah. to fully open our eyes. And it's a cultural problem, i you It said. is a cultural problem. It's yeah. never a religious requirement. It's not in Quran, it's not in Torah, it's not in the Bible, it's not in anybody book of belief. It actually predates religion. But it's practiced by Muslim, Christian, Jews and non believers. So it's either tradition or cultural practice, whoever community that is. I mean practicing. in the
0: United Kingdom I don't think Christians they practice this anymore. Not I, in, I know here. In, in I don't think uh, in, in UK uh, in, but I think in Africa. Maybe in in, some in Africa,
1: in uh, like countries like Russia. Uzbekistan, Chechnya, all those countries, Philippines, Indonesia, yeah. Sri Lanka, also they do. Yeah, yeah, they do, Somalia, my country. It's a global problem. United Nations look at it at the moment as a global issue that must be tackled uh, you know, vigorously and they put time frame to ending it, which is 2030. So I don't know how they're going is to it do that. It's even too late. Yeah, and I hope to God that is the reality, but we are extremely far, Far from that. We need much more work done. We need countries who said, oh, we banned the FGM. But it's just, just a paper to show the United Nations we yes. burned. But it's never been enforced. They never do education on that. They never uphold the law. There's a lot of things that United Nations needs to do in order for them to actually say we can end that with the help of the grassroots workers and all that. Of
0: course. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I think also religion, religious leaders mm-hmm. could help yes. in preventing this because you know, if they are real religious leaders, uh, they should have uh, you know the, the health of women mm-hmm. as a primary goal.
1: They carry so much respect they carry so much power in these communities religion leaders are seen next second to god that's how they're seen and for me the problem i have with religion leaders is when it comes to women bodies they don't want to talk about it at all it's a completely shut conversation they don't want to say anything about it but imagine the power of a religion person exactly. who's got these men yeah. and women every Sunday or every Friday or every whatever uh, religion you are, you have one day where you go and listen to the person mm-hmm. that you trust the most. Imagine if they had the courage to say, you know, this exactly. is this is not God's what wants. This is not God's words. This is yeah. not this. This is. Imagine what they how they could turn the tide. 100%. But the only problem with that is it's about women and they don't want to talk about
0: women out loud. That's, that is yeah. the only problem. Yeah. Did you speak with some imam here in the UK? Nope. I um, think I've been thrown about two
1: mosques off because of talking like this. Um, I am somebody who's very passionate and I always challenge uh, religion leaders and I will say if you are the person that's serving God and you are between me and God, why are you not protecting me? Exactly why are you not why are you yes. not getting involved why are you not saying this is not god's words this is not god's asking this is you a uh, com- community with your you know delusional uh, uh, attachment to this it's all about controlling women and girls they say they remove the clitoris to remove your sexual urges they're sealing you up so you don't have sex so you're right To enjoy and feel your body is taken away, yet you are created by God to feel and enjoy your body. Why are you not upholding that right? Why? So for me, it's about also them actually understanding how huge FGM is, impacts on women's life. I don't think they understand that. Men generally do not understand how much it affects women. They're not. They don't understand. I hope.
0: I hope it's true that they don't understand. Unfortunately, as you well know, there are many people who are misogynists, mm-hmm. and they don't care. No, they don't care about women's health, women's pleasure. They don't care about our freedom. Mm,
1: they don't. And it's quite staggering to see that I work with women, and I'm sitting on the table with them, and it's just so devastating when a woman asks you, "What is a sexual pleasure?" I don't even know what that is. What's an orgasm? Am I supposed to have that? What does that feel like? And you're looking around, and you're thinking. But you've been married for 30 years or almost nice. 35. Doesn't your husband ever not felt guilt about that and said, exactly. let me talk to my wife. But then again, our communities, we don't talk about sex at all. You mentioned the word sex and they go, no, they don't. Because we are raised yeah. with shame. Our bodies, shame. Sex is never heard of. They never not even talked about period. I thought I was dying. So forget about anything else. Simple thing as period is not even talked about. And you come from Somalia, right? I come from Somalia, yes. And I thought I was dying when I got the periods. Even those who are here are finding it difficult to talk about issues. And you're raising your kids in UK where your kids grow up to be taught in school all kind of things. Yes. And these kids have got two lives. In school they are open on themselves. In the house they're not they're different people because there's two lives for them. It's a it's it's a yeah. very, very find balance for them to be very reserved to be very obedient to be very you know the way you are expected by your parents in the house but at school you are very chatty you're very disobedient you seeking stuff you're putting makeup on you're doing whatever you want you are yourself so I actually feel sorry for the kids who have been raised here as well of
0: course yeah of yeah, course, yeah yeah it's good when you speak about your story because I think you can open the mind and the eyes of many people, and yeah. eventually one day you will touch the heart of also these you know religious leaders for me, and politicians. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think for me, it's not an easy thing to do to constantly talk about your trauma. Of My course. trauma happened when I was six years old. It stays with me like as it was yesterday, and I did let it you know uh, simmer me down for over three decades. I just let it swallow me up. I just stayed in my own four wall corners. You couldn't talk about no, that. No, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't do anything about it. I, I didn't. I just let it, you know, inside eat me up. And once I've decided to talk, and it's not an easy thing to talk about your genitals, to talk about what happened to your genitals. Of course. And uh, it's very, very hard thing. But for me, it's the six-year-old me that drives me a lot. It drives... I look at myself and I look at how I struggled, how I screamed, how I begged for mercy, how I said stop, how I was ignored. That six-year-old still lives in me and I want that, you know, not, not anybody else in this world to feel that. I hear my screams in my sleep sometimes, I wake up, I'm sweating, I'm feeling the pain, I'm on the train, I'll be somewhere, something triggers me. And I have to step back and take time and breathe. All those things, I can't do nothing about it. It's part of life. Yeah. But what I can do is use that, to create help. change, educate, raise awareness, remove the taboo, to remove the secrecy, remove the label of it's a, it's a, it's a gruesome topic. Yeah. I want you to understand this is a very simple thing. Yes. It is child abuse. Simple as that. Exactly. Child abuse. And I
0: want you to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think that uh, if this type of child abuse would be perpetrated also onto male children, mm-hmm. maybe cutting off some part of their genitalia, mm-hmm. yeah. we would have a different response from I governments? I think we would.
1: Yes, we would. There will be wars everywhere because imagine there's over 200 million women and girls you know, affected by FGM. And in the UK alone, we have over 170,000 women and girls logged through NHS. That is a pregnancy route. Imagine the real number. Out there, exactly. and on daily basis, eleven thousand girls are mutilated globally. Now, imagine if there was two hundred million men walking on earth with no penises or testicles. There will be war everywhere, because FGM yes. is equivalent to three quarters of the uh, you know of the penis taken away. There will be the government will be in arms there will be laws, there will be many things done. And because we are women and because it's happening to girls, we have to fight, we have to fight for our rights, which I find difficult on why, why should we fight for our rights?
0: It's terrible. Why are we
1: different from uh, male, why? It's
0: terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So for me that drives me crazy up there. I don't need to fight for my right, because this is a, just a decent thing. A human you. right is a decent thing for everybody. And yes. everybody should have that right to be protected from violence and any sort of harm. So why do we have to fight? Why do we have to use our pain? Why do we have to do all that?
0: Yeah. Yes, it makes me cry, honestly.
1: It is hard, it is hard, but you look at the bigger picture, you look at the final goal, and that drives me yes. every day, it does.
0: Yes yeah. we will get there.
1: Yeah. The, get there. I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that. And uh, for me it's the platforms that I get that actually makes my you know my work visible globally. Of it's course. here talking to you. It's me this morning being somewhere in Essex educating, you know, education people. It's yesterday educating child minders. It's yes. the day before educating nursery teachers. For me it's all about, it's a It's a call for all of us. Yeah. Human right. it's a for everybody to get involved. Absolutely. Whether you, whatever color you are, whatever religion you are, it doesn't matter. You have only one face which is It's a violence against women and girls, and we all have Mm. to have that mindset of it is a human right issue, and human right issue is for everyone to get involved.
0: Of course, it doesn't
1: have race or religion; it's just a human right. Get involved to do something about it.
0: So, Hiba, if you could speak now with the education secretary of the United Kingdom, what would you tell her? I will tell her, UK has done fabulous work.
1: In terms of the Western world, we are actually amazing. I love my UK. I love the laws that has been done. Last year, you made FGM part of the curriculum in secondary school. Secondary school is mostly when the girls have already been done. We are offering help for them to seek. Prevent that. Make it part of primary school. It's so easy to teach. It's not the way you think that this is gruesome and this is how kids are being taught. No, primary school is a different language. It's a different approach. I'm begging you, be a decent human being and use your common sense and prevent this happening to innocent, trusting, loving little girls that their lives are going to be turned upside down for the rest of their lives.
0: And what about educating also the parents yes. of these primary yes. school yes. children?
1: Because primary school, what it has is an amazing. It has such a connection with parents, yes. not like secondary school. You very have an intimate uh, relationship yeah. with primary school. So they have coffee mornings. That is part of that. You can teach about FGM. You're opening doors for these parents as well. Remember, they are victims too. They just don't see themselves as victims. So we need to open that door for them to have help to understand to know that there is help out there should you not want to cut your daughter but there is a pressure from the community your family side and you don't know where to turn to there's always you know a, a service out there for you to get help and we need to put that message out as
0: well But what about your mother? Did she ever apologize with you?
1: My mother passed away almost uh, 19 years ago and she was struck by a stroke which paralyzed her for four years, neck down. And uh, just before she passed away, she did ask me if I forgave her. And I did question her, what am I forgiving you for? Because I just wanted to hear my mom say out loud what was she asking forgiveness? And she said, I know how hurt you are when we cut you and I want to apologize, and I want to say I'm sorry. And I said, and she said, and I want you to forgive me. At that time, my son, oldest, was 10 years old. I said to her, I've already forgiven you. And she said when I, said, when I was pregnant, but it was a private forgiving. I did that on my own for my sanity. Yes. I wanted to be a mom. I didn't want to carry any more baggage. I sure. didn't want to carry that. And I said, I forgive you that time. So she knew and left earth knowing that I have forgiven her. Yes. And I believe if she was here today, she would be championing with me to stop it. I I don't don't doubt that. I really don't doubt that.
0: I think she would be proud of you. Yeah, yeah, she would, yeah, yeah, she would. Yeah. So you're right, you know, these parents, uh, maybe the majority of cases, they're perpetrators, but also victims themselves. Yes, they are. They're just ignorant, and they don't understand any better. They don't understand that they're damaging their girls forever. Thing
1: is, we come from communities where this is normalized. Yes. You go through so much, it's normal you are going through mental health problems you don't even know what that is and if somebody mentions mental health problems you run in the other way because you're running away from label you think it's only crazy you don't know nothing about depression anxiety the mood changes everything you're going through you don't know it and you don't even connect that to fgm you don't unless somebody connects it for you you don't and they normalize this and it becomes part of life even the girls that are dying during cutting and hemorrhaging from all that the communities will say it was her time to go never would they once say she died because somebody caused this she died because this happened they never say that they say it was her time to go and she passed away so we need to change so many things we need to educate everyone young old and everyone for me yeah it's a cycle of silence it is cycle of silence and i think it's we need to remove that big time. And for me, as long as I live,
0: it's something that I dedicated my life to. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's wonderful, honestly, what you do. Because, you know, in the United Kingdom, it struck me that we still have this happening, you mm-hmm. know, every year. Yeah. So it means some people come in to live in the UK, you yeah. know, they keep this, uh, this mm-hmm. burden, this culture, this...
1: Uh, Migration is massive in UK, and every community that come here have got their own believe attached to their to their life. there's the cultural things attached to their life our culture is beautiful somalia is very beautiful culture the food the hospitality everything about it is amazing it's just this part of cutting girls which is the evil part that people have normalized and in my community alone it has been there over three thousand years three thousand years and we are the highest in terms of cutting girls somalia is number one So we have to change that Mm -hmm. and it it comes from doctors, I want doctors to be very vocal, which they are becoming vocal in Somalia. They're saying we're tired of seeing women die and we're tired of seeing women who are suffering during, we need this to stop. So we are seeing that, and doctors are very much respected in our communities, what they say, literally are listened to. So we are seeing that a little bit happening in, uh, in, in Somalia. In other communities like Kenya, they're doing amazing work. Senegal, they're doing amazing work, uh, Sudan literally announced last year that they are banning it with vigorously law and education there are tides that is turning down but in uk in uk we need to do more we need to do more because this is in a beautiful yeah. country unbelievable country and i cannot believe our girls are still subjected to fgm i, know, it's I cannot believe that and we need yeah. to do more and this is why i keep coming back to primary school education it's is vital
0: it's vital but do we know which other communities of practice yes. this uh, torture here in the UK? Yes, the we most? do
1: know they come from all over Africa, they come from all over Asia, they come from countries like Russia, Chechnya, Uzbekistan, Sri Lanka, mm. Malaysia, Indonesia, they come from Philippines, they come from, you know, most of Africa, as I said, Middle Eastern countries like, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? Egypt, they come from uh, uh, Yemen, they come from everywhere. It's, it's every price, day we're discovering yeah. new country. At the moment 92 countries, yeah. Astonishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it horrible. is. Horrible. as a is.
0: thought. And are you connected with other activists from other communities?
1: Yes, I am. Uh, Somalia, I, uh, I support a lot of grassroots. I think they are my heroes, those who are in the... Yeah. B- because they are, you, you know, they are running against the tide there. They're doing great work. I work with a lot of charities. I have worked with a charity called Orchid, Safe Hands, uh, with the Plan International. So many, so many, so many charities. And, and uh, you're I'm, funding your own charities. Uh, yeah, so it's at the moment we are constitutional group but we are going to apply to become charity it's called educate not mutilate Uh, it's we have done so much work with so little funding it's quite staggering what we have done I think I sent you the document it's amazing and uh, we are doing still much 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 work, work needed for me getting being able to do my work without worry is the best thing on earth because i can do so much so much if i know i have the backing of of it of that and that is what i am looking forward to in creating educate not mutilate i really am looking forward
0: to that yeah because your focus is on education
1: is on education i'm one person for education that's where i am that's where my strength is that's where i'm passionate about and that's where most is needed all the schools that we've done this week alone didn't have any funding and we done it through the, through Educate Not Mutilate. So, so you had to go there without yes, getting any
0: compensation? No,
1: we're doing all through Educate Not Mutilate and we do not even have that much funding left. We literally have, I think, a grand or a grand and a half and after that we don't even know what we're going to do. So supporting us grass you know charity important. is important it's extremely important extreme um, and, I, and I am one person that I will never ever turn down school if they ask me for work and they didn't have anything to pay for sure. so my work I will say for the last 10 years was 70% free 30% pay that's how I worked wow. I really did so I think when you're passionate, you don't look at the financial side, but you need to because you have of bills to pay. You yeah. have to, things are getting tight. Things are everybody's is suffering in this economical crisis. So I don't know how we're going to be continue to do the work, but I, w- I can never stop doing it. Whatever it takes, it will have to go on. Yeah, for me, it's it's simple as that. Yeah.
0: No, no. You definitely need more help from the government.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think government, um, I'm on on the board of advisory to the mayor, London mayor board on FGM. They are very well aware of my work. They have been very supportive over the years. I've worked so much with MOPAC. Um, All the work that really, beautiful work that has been done since um, the former Prime Minister Boris Johnson was a mayor was he's done an amazing thing which he gave money to the my borough and another borough and another borough and the work that we did became the framework for everything. Last year they've opened eight more clinics which is our clinic the one that we invented 2015 it was modeled on that and they've opened eight clinics so for me it's somebody that government really knows my work it's been sure. always they've known my work so I don't know I hope they help and get involved and give us some sort of funding or direct us to apply for of funding course. so that we of can course. continue this work yeah but as
0: soon as you become a yeah, charity, yeah. We it's just it's
1: amazing and um, even now as a constitutional group few friends have enabled us to do this. Yes. And it has been amazing support to get from that. And because of that is why we've done so much work and we continue to do unbelievable work because of their generosity. Yeah. But we need much more than that. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And he, but do you know some husband of survivors who is vocal about this, who is supporting their wives? Yes,
1: they work with a charity called Forward UK. There are amazing men. Uh, who were very vocal, very public about it, hated what what their wife was doing. And it's very important, I think, It is extremely important. And Forward UK, they do a lot of work, but mainly their work is also focused a lot on Africa than here, but they do do some work here as well. So I did collaborate with them. They are amazing men that they have that say no to
0: FGM. Yeah, it's fundamental. You know, we we need to get men on our side. Yeah,
1: I think the whole general violence is we need to have men on that table only women can't do it they have to be there they have to be held accountable they have to be taught how to hold accountable other men they have to know how to say no they have to know how to get involved you can't just be sitting down and saying okay I know my wife is gonna take my daughter she's gonna cut her but I'm not gonna get involved because it's not my place it's a women issue it's not a woman issue it's a human right issue it's a parental issue for you that is your princess who thinks you're her king why you not defending why you not saying saying no because the minute that man puts his foot down and says no you're not touching my daughter she will never be touched. Exactly. So we need the men to be confident to come to the table and discuss exactly. violence against women and girls and be part of that journey.
0: Yeah. yeah. In your case Heber, do you think your father was aware of what was happening at the time? My
1: father was aware but then again he was all the fathers that didn't get involved pretended nothing happened pretended it wasn't his place to say anything it wasn't his place to say nothing at all it was just a women issue and it was me with women doing it but it is your issue you all knew that no one was going to get married to a girl that wasn't cut mm. at that era of mine no one was if you weren't cut you are like socially deaf from that community nobody sees you as a you know clean or virgin or anything like that so they all were there but they just pretended it's not part of them it's a women issue it's women stuff so we live in it there yeah Horrible. but they're very well aware of what happens to the girls they are
0: still nowadays uh, even today
1: they are well aware all the fathers are well aware they are
0: yeah, yeah. do you have brothers in somalia living in? Somalia? i had
1: only one brother he died on car accident a long time ago so i don't have a brother i just mm. have one sister yeah and she's like you she's, she's like vocal me. about mm. this no she's not vocal we don't talk we don't talk me and my sister we don't talk about fdm at all not even one single
0: word out of that we don't Because she still lives there, and you think she feels the pressure, the cultural pressure more. I think she's
1: not confident enough to talk about this or discuss it or anything like that. And I don't ask; I leave it to her to start that conversation with me one day. And I hope she does. I really hope so. Yeah, because um, she's amazing. But it's just this part of uh, conversation is extremely difficult, challenging for many, for millions. I would say, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Incredible. No, honestly, I'm like uh, the the more you talk to me, yeah. the more I think you're an angel. Honestly, <laughs> you, you can't stop me to think about that. You're um, so brave. Uh, it's uh, you know because it's it's not easy. It's not easy to to do what you do every day. having, yeah. you know to go against a culture. The culture mm. is so pervasive. It's 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 the hardest thing, really. Yeah. It really is,
1: and uh, for me, it's. Um, I used to think about my community of how they're looking at me, what they're thinking of me, the whispers, all the negative things about me. But I passed that. I came to my life once. I I just thought, you know what? I don't care. Say what you want. You know, It's just words. And if I let words penetrate me, I won't be able to do what I do. So I refuse to accept that. I refuse to uh, let that bring me down. I refuse to. And if I feel like today was too much, I have amazing friends who are lunatics like me, and we just go and do what we do and
0: forget. I'm <laughs> <You're> not lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sorry, Faisal. Uh, <laughs> you found your community. Yeah, you found and your I, child I, I literally and, have, uh,
1: I'm, I'm the most loved human being yeah, that I know, and I yeah. can say that. So for me, negativity coming from my community, I've learned just to absorb it and keep going. Plus, it's their
0: problem. Exactly, their problem. exactly.
1: And uh, for me, it's like what I do is important. It's much more important than words that it, they throw throwing at me. Take those words. And build it on. That's how I see it. It's like a foundation. I'm taking your words. I'm building my foundation, and I'm keep going. And that's how I see it. And that's how I go on
0: every day. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Do you consider yourself a feminist,
1: hero? Extremely ferocious one. Ferocious <laughs> feminist. I always say, feminist. First, I'm a woman. Second, I'm a feminist. Third, I'm a Muslim. Fourth, I'm a black. <laughs>
0: I love it. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) with so many. For me, I I am a very, very feminist, and I always fight for women and girls only. I always say that. Put me in a box, you want. Say whatever you want from me. It doesn't matter. I'm for women and girls. And if that makes somebody else uncomfortable, well, that is your uncomfortability, and I don't want to know. Yeah, but I think all of us have a right to choose what we want to talk about, what we want to dedicate our life to. And for me, my life belongs to women and girls. I know, I
0: know. Yeah, But you know, I agree with the famous woman who once said that there is a special place in hell for women who are not helping other women. Yes. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's true. I think it's it's our mission. We have to help each other. Sisterhood has to be something real and important. I think
1: sisterhood, womanhood, It's the essence of the whole universe. It really is. Without women, this universe can't exist. So why are you torturing women? Why are you killing women? Why are you not protecting women and girls? Why are you not seeing them as human beings who need that? Why is it we have to fight for every little scrap of rights that we have? We shouldn't be. But again, again, I think we are made to fight. We never stop. We never say, oh, I'm tired. We don't, we don't know the word, no, we don't give up. We just fight us, it's in our DNA. And yes. we will continue to fight until the end of the world. We will always fight for our rights, that much I know. And always. the sisterly love and the support that I get, is unimagin- it's the fuel, it's the source of me, it really is. It's that bright light that will never die. It comes from my sisters globally, from you, from Pfizer, from everybody women are amazing and when a woman is supported she shines exactly and that's me yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, 100%. Also, I think for you, it would be important to uh, help raise you know, other girls who yes. will become activists like yes. you. Yes, yes, right. ah, yeah.
1: I think yeah. Um, um, it's quite surreal for me even, quite humbling when I go to school and they see these Somali women standing there, being funny, talking to them. And after the lesson finished, all the Somali girls will come, oh my God, you, you. oh my God. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can be more than me. Yeah. You can be, you, you're getting education. I didn't get education you are so for me it's sometimes it's much more than FGM it's about empowering young women from all over the place it's about them feeling if this woman can stand in front of me and I am a child she can talk about something so personal I can talk about everything else yes. and that's how God use it and I get the most unbelievable hugs and comments from young girls as young as 11 years old and it's, it makes my heart dance so I know if I go to school I've left an impression. For sure. We need to do that. Yeah, we you need can to do lives. that. Yes, yes. So for me so it's sometimes it's bigger than FGM. It's about empowering yes. girls. For me it's that as well. It I is. agree with you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And you're right when a girl is empowered uh, she can create a lot of problems in <laughs> her family if they want to go against her. Yes. And she also she can
1: educate her family. Exactly. And remember the conversation that I have in school. It is powerful. That conversation is taken back to their own families. It opens conversation that they would have dared open. Never would have opened that conversation. It opens that I was talking about this morning where I went to school where this young man was adamant this doesn't happen in our community. I said to him, go talk to your mom. That evening, the email, I shared it everywhere. The email I got from him, I took uh, the name and everything. Yeah. It was unbelievably emotionally charged e- email that he talked to his mom, yeah. he found out his mom was cut. But not only that, she was cut by a man doctor. That even made him more you know, yes. emotionally charged. So for me, education is having a ripple effect. It doesn't stay in school, it goes back to the home as well.
0: It does, yeah. Yes, yes. yeah. And that's wonderful. Yeah. But what about finding the perpetrators? Because I know mm. that in the UK yeah. we only have one conviction yes. and it happened in 2019,
1: yeah. correct? Yes, it did, and this was a three-year-old girl who was taken to my hospital, Whip's Cross. She was bleeding, she was saved. And the mother explained that she climbed on a table to get a biscuit and on her way down, hit the edge of the table where there was a metal. And that's how the critus came off. But the doctors examined and said this was a clean cut. Of course. It was a surgically cut. So the woman was sent for 14 year imprisonment. She's imprisoned for 14 years. And uh, the girl, I think today, she's about, I don't know, seven, eight, I think she is. She's thriving. She's got a foster parent, I believe. So she's getting all the help that she needs. She also disclosed what happened to her to her foster care parents. So that came through the vigorous work that's going on. And there are many on the pipeline, I'm told. There's a one woman who's actually using anonymity for life law, I'm told, to prosecute her parent. And this means we would not know who she is, where she comes from and all that. So there's a lot going on. Police also find it difficult to talk about this subject, difficult to come close to the communities, difficult, 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 because, but they're seeking help. That much I should give the credit to the police. They're seeking help. They're talking to survivors like me. They're saying, how do we engage the community? How do we get through it? I do believe the next two years we will see prosecutions happening.
0: Yeah. But do you think, Hebo that uh, the cut itself happens in the United Kingdom or in the uh, country of origins? Oh, definitely they, happens in the United Kingdom,
1: definitely happens. Here. I work in my hospital, Whips Cross, and I have midwives who say that they have seen girls as young as 25, 28, giving birth, never left this country, mm. never left this country, but have had type 3. So it happened here. It for happens sure. here. And I think we all knew that. And this case, when it happened, it's, it's actually was a proof that it does happen here because this young girl was cut here. So it so. is happening here. Yeah, we just need to figure it out who's doing it. Exactly. Find it, the perpetrator. Yes. Find yeah. the perpetrators with the parent and literally throw the key. On their face so yeah. and it will happen I have a faith it will happen exactly because yeah.
0: we're very strict with drug dealers exactly right? exactly we're we so strict with this exactly people who are exactly, exactly. Yes. and um, we just
1: need to, we just need to be working harder we need to be working together we need to be uh, open with each other we need to seek proper help police have to seek proper help they're not doing that much at the moment, but they are seeking. I work with West Yorkshire police for the last four years. I have been delivering their safeguarding training. So we need to make that plan. London, we need to do that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I will be meeting the London deputy mayor, Sophie Linden. So we'll see what we can do with the police here in London as well.
0: Well done. Yeah, yeah. well done. And I know you also wrote a book yes yeah you yes. wrote a book that is called cat yes Right. yes and is available on amazon it is available on anyone amazon. and there is a story right
1: yes it's my story it's what i have done it's a story of a human's triumph after going through so much yes. there was another story another chapter of my life so it's an amazing book it might make you cry it might make you sad but it will make you jump for joy at the end Uh, it has been translated to polish and the lithuanian language and there is a movie that is based on this book will be in the future pipeline so i am very very excited about it really excited i can't wait very excited about it yes it cannot come
0: very fast for me yeah yeah how long do you think it will take for us to work? i
1: don't know yet uh they're still deciding when to shoot it all the things that come with the movie they're still deciding that and then i will know after that
0: it's yeah. so important right storytelling through images through yes movie. It's yes so powerful.
1: yes for me the yeah. whole book was educate professionals that's the whole idea educate professionals educate schools i never dreamed it's going to be a movie and it's the, this book i never dreamed all those things that's happening at the moment but it's a blessing in disguise and
0: i welcome it with open arms and you deserve every inch of this success.
1: thank you so much every thank inch. you
0: very much uh, thank you Hibo, for oh. coming here and uh, thank you for speaking up i don't want to ask you more about your story, because I don't want to trigger your trauma, but I know that you spoke already about that. You can ask me anything you
1: want, you can ask me anything you want. Um, For me, my story is an educational one, and that is why I can talk about it without getting emotional. The only time I get emotional is when I talk about my kids. That's why I never talk about my kids. And it's, um, it's, yeah, you, if you have any questions, you can ask me. I don't mind you asking questions. I mean,
0: I, I know about your story because of course, yeah. uh, you know, I got informed about that. It really touched me the fact that you didn't know anything mm. about this practice mm. Mm. and that the group of friends around you mm-hmm. in primary school, yeah. they yeah. were, you know, keeping you on a side, yeah. bullying you. yeah. Because you weren't cut.
1: Yeah, because where I was in Somalia, all the girls my age at that time,
0: they were cut a long time ago. So they were victims themselves, they, but also perpetrators. Yes, they were. Because they bullying were you.
1: I think when I look back now as an adult grown woman, I think that's their way of coping. Because they of believe course. this was something, because they build you up. Yes. They build you up. They tell you it's been brave. Yeah. You're going to become a woman. You're going to become this and that. They drown you with presence and love. Literally, you feel like you are surrounded with love but nothing. But they never, ever, ever, ever tell. What is it that is going to make you become a woman? That part is kept secret. Girls are never told. If they Before are told now, told. even if they are told, the mom will discuss it as it's a little cat, nothing else. Nothing else would she say, and she will say, "I was cut. Nothing happened to me. Look at me. I'm here. I'm this. I'm that." They will never, ever, ever disclose the horrificness that's involved with it. And for me, I actually thought once they said, "Are you cut?" and I said, "No." I actually thought they meant I was cut somewhere in my body, or I was hurt, or something. Never had I imagined that is what cut entails. And when of I, How when, can you imagine? yeah, and it's when I was, I, when I was mutilated, I came back to the school. And they asked me, and I said, yes, I was. And they wanted to play with me. I didn't. I just didn't. I just felt. No.
0: Did you ever speak with them and t- told them, no. Uh, Are you crazy? How can you accept no, this? No, I just
1: became a loner. I just became mm-hmm. a loner and I just completely was used to go to school, do what I want and come back home. I just didn't want to talk to anybody. The trauma for me, I don't know what was, why were those girls the way they were, yeah. happy, chappy, running. I mean, for me, it wasn't. It just it made me feel.
0: It was a lie. It, 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 it just, it a just made lie, me feel. Right? Die. To, I, I felt like yeah. I died
1: inside. Yeah. I couldn't trust anyone. Every sure. time I was in my house and I saw adults come together, I would think something evil is coming. And again, it's just I was always and yes. my anxiety levels were very high. I couldn't trust anyone. I couldn't. It was just horrific the way I felt. Yes. I wasn't 6 year old anymore. I don't know what I was at that of time. Course. Yeah. I they wasn't kill the part of you. Yeah. Forever. I wasn't a trusting, loving, chatty, curious 6 year old. I was relentless. I wasn't like that anymore. I was, quiet, didn't want to look people in the eye, always in my own world, literally felt like the whole world was nobody. Nobody was there except me, sometimes I felt like that. So for me it was a different feeling to the way they reacted to it, yeah.
0: Of course. Yeah. And your sister, did she went through the same? She did.
1: Yeah, she did too.
0: Yeah. She's uh, older than you? 10 years
1: older than me, so I'm going to be Mm -hmm. 53 next month. So. Um, she's 63 so and we still can't talk about it
0: yep she's traumatized as well I think so so. she is
1: yeah yeah Or she doesn't want to talk about the period she doesn't feel there's a need to talk I don't know but it's something that I don't open my mouth to start that conversation because i can see she doesn't want
0: and what about your former
1: friends no i don't see them i don't know them anymore i just i think are. after that for me i did not have that much friends until i grew a little bit yes. older became teenager and stuff like that but before that i just didn't because every time I looked at the playground and I saw they were picking on somebody mm-hmm. I knew what they were doing and I just didn't want to be part of that I just didn't of want course. to be part of you that you didn't want to lie to no another girl. I didn't want to be part of that but then again I didn't want to say it out loud what was that because it literally shuts you down yes. it does it completely swallows you up because your world has been t- turned down upside down yes. by the people that you loved and trusted yeah. so you can't trust or you just not a child anymore. I don't know what you are. I don't know what I was. I just knew I was never a child after that.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, this is what you know. Child abuse is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It takes it take away your innocence. It takes abuse, yes. it take away your your purity. It takes away many things, and it's, it's 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 the worst form of one of the worst forms of child abuse for me. No question about it. Yes. Yeah.
0: So well done, Hebo. Thank, Thank you, you so for sharing. Thank you you for for having me. It's been a blast talking uh, to you. I hope many, many girls will listen to your words. Yeah, will find the courage to become rebels and to break the cycle. Oh, we have to, as girls,
1: we have to. And every generation, there will be other generation that, you know, will inspire them to go and be whatever they want and talk for themselves and create change. Because I do believe in this world, women it's made hard for them. Everything yeah. about us, we have to fight for it. And I think as, as more we raise girls, we have to raise them with confidence, with the right to fight, with the right to speak, have that confidence of I'm a human being and I will fight for what's right for me because when you do that, you're not only fighting for your rights, but you're fighting rights for everybody yes. else.
0: Encourage and courage yeah. calls courage. Exactly, yeah.
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Hebo. Thank you so much, Paula. Thank you for having <laughs> Thank me. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you everyone for being here with us today. Please share this story, share with all your friends on all your social media. It's very important that everyone knows about what is happening still nowadays, not only in the United Kingdom, but all over the world. And stay tuned for many more interesting guests. Game changers.